Hello. Hi. Welcome to the next episode of the Brio in the Box podcast. Back in the closet. Mm-hmm. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we just got back from the CrossFit Games, so we're going to do a little recap. We're home. We've yeah. been gone a long time. It feels like a really long time. It does feel like it was a long time. So we're going to recap from your perspective on the spectator side, all the fun stuff that happens there, mm-hmm. and then my perspective on the judging side, the back end of things and what it looks like behind the scenes. Yeah. So we were actually just gone for 10 days. Yeah. I, 10 nights, I think. Yeah. So we started end of July, that last weekend of July. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, we drove. Yeah. We drove from Saskatoon to Madison. Yeah. We decided we wanted to drive because we did last year and it was mm-hmm. great. And just with the way flights are right now, it was going to take three flights to get down there. And the chances of them all lining up and working out were high risk. <laughs> yeah. And you needed to be there on Sunday nights. They wanted you there for the beginning of the briefings and stuff. So we decided driving was the way to go. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, Saturday, Sunday, the first two days, boring. You go through like wheat and canola, wheat and canola. And then you cross the border and it's corn and, <laughs> and it's corn more, and sunflowers. A lot more sunflowers this year. Yeah. It seemed last year was all corn. And this year there was tons of sunflowers. Maybe they rotate the crops or something. Maybe. But I was like, oh, it's too bad. This is so pretty because this is the center of all metabolic disease <laughs> because they're growing those for sunflower oil. Yeah. Which is. They're not just to make them pretty. PSA, one of the worst <laughs> oils you can eat. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, these fields of metabolic di- disease <laughs> sure are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> we should take a selfie in here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we drove into North Dakota on the first day, stayed in a little place. It's about halfway called Jamestown. Just hit up the Super 8, had a nap. Yeah. Hit the road. Got to Madison at a reasonable time on the Sunday. Like you said, I was supposed to be there Sunday night to check into the hotel. Yeah. We didn't stop and do any workouts. Yeah. Last year we did. But this year we were a little bit more pressed for time and it didn't quite work out timing wise for any mm-hmm. of the classes because we were driving on a Saturday, Sunday and no CrossFit gyms were open the afternoon or evening. Yeah. So we last time we drove Sunday, Monday. So we did some Monday drop-ins. Yeah. But, but yeah, so we that was st- too bad. We stopped in somewhere in Minnesota. Was it Minneapolis? Just outside of Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And we like did a little hike in a nature preserve. Yeah. We just Googled something pretty or hiking trails and it was Lake Elmo. I just remember it was called Elmo because I think that's cute. And that was really nice. That was a good way to split up the day on the Sunday. We got out of the car about lunchtime, about halfway through and walked around for like almost an hour. Yeah. Just trucked around. So that was good. Stretched the legs a bit. Yeah. I was thinking even I look on my aura at like how many steps I take, even on those long days of driving, which are nine hours each, I still was over 10,000 steps and I think 15,000 on those days. So even if you have a kind of life where you got to sit a lot of hours mm-hmm. no excuses you can still move around when you can you just got to do this in the car the whole time you're driving <laughs> <Yeah>, shake your hand <laughs> so monday i i wasn't supposed to have to do anything until six the first judge's briefing mm-hmm. so we brought our weight vest we planned to get our rock done that was really cool yeah um, yeah we were <laughs> we put our weight vest on and walked through downtown Madison, which always gets, you know, interesting stares because like those people are wearing bulletproof armor. <laughs> like, what are they doing? But, but we also there's weirdo CrossFitters running around everywhere and they're sure. like, oh, there they are. Yeah, you know? they are. But yeah, we walked down to the river and there's this like right by where we were right by the campus and they have a really nice campus and it's right on the water. And we walked all the way down this like super nice trail and mm-hmm. there's, you know, people paddleboarding and kayaking and all kinds of fun stuff down there. Madison's a really pretty city. It really is. Big lake in the middle. Yeah. Lots of greenery. It's very warm and humid in the summer. And that there's a huge nature preserve as part of the yeah. university campus. So that was yeah. cool. 
And then we finished mm-hmm. going up the stairs of the Capitol. Yeah. The iconic Capitol workout with the Rebecca Fusilier from last year. The whole thing, right? They, everybody saw. They made T-shirts out of it. That iconic moment of the games from last year. Yeah. So we had to. It you know it was much less dramatic, but we had Way to go, less up, dramatic. <laughs> go up the Capitol stairs. <laughs> Absolutely nobody was cheering for us, so no. that was sad. And I also wasn't carrying a hundred and fifty pound Husafel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't fail any reps. There was, no. it was just a smooth and steady walk up the stairs. But it is. It was very cool. And we didn't, you weren't there for that event and I didn't go and watch that one live. Cause I remember even last year thinking like, man, I don't know if that one will be very good to walk, watch. Plus our hotel was like way far away from that one. And I was like, I'm going to have to drive downtown and find somewhere to park. And I just decided not to do it. And then it ended up being one of the most exciting events of the weekend. So it was kind of like, ah, crap, yeah. but it really was, it's a very cool walk up towards the, the Capitol building. It's a very nice building and the whole area is just really like neatly laid out so yeah it was fun and our hotel this year we were staying in this like staff hotel so yeah. it's downtown near the capitol so sunday night they'd actually put out a call and said hey anyone that's on site if you can come and help us with some stuff at eleven forty-five, we need some help so i was like heck yeah i'll jump in so i actually was on site afternoon and evening on monday mm-hmm. and so actually really for me monday tuesday wednesday there's no individual events and there was no offsite event this year that normally would have happened earlier in the week. And the offsite events are always a lot more work to coordinate with everybody, teams moving and equipment and everything. They didn't do that. So all those days were just practice run throughs, practicing being the athlete sometimes because they just need to see how it's going to play out on the field and what it looks like and positioning of humans and equipment and everything. Monday night when, so Monday afternoon, we were just doing some run throughs and practices of the, some of the events but then Monday night, when they had the full set of judges there, they're like, okay, guys, drop your stuff. We're heading out to Quan Park, and we're going to ride some bikes. So that was the only instruction we got. Show up at 6, wearing clothes appropriate to ride a bike. So we're like, all right. So we get out there. The Trek guys from the Trek tent are there. And they're like, here's your job, guys. You're going to ride the course, and your job is to try to break these bikes. <laughs> so that was actually just super fun. Yeah. So it was a beautiful evening, and we just got to rip around the bike course you know, and you would trade in bikes and you're just, they were like shift gears hard, pedal hard, brake hard. Like just, you know, make sure that if anything's going to break, it's going to break now yeah. and they know which bikes need to get fixed or tires are popped or chains come off or whatever. Yeah. Make it happen to you, not to Vellner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was just kind of neat. That was like a highlight of a cool thing I got to do, which yeah. was rip around on the Trek bikes on the bike course and feel for myself what it feels like. And a lot of those turns, I was like, oh shit, this is going to get spicy because these are some narrow and what's the right word for that? Sharp turns, I guess. Hairpin turns. Hairpin turns. A lot of them are really gravelly. And I was like, Mm. oh, when you get like 40 athletes out here at a time, this is going to get hot. And I think there was. There was some crashes. There was some crashes. Yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday, again, mostly just briefs on the workouts, practice, run throughs. And then I was on the bike course both days for quite a long time. It's hot out there. The athletes got to come out and pick their bike, get sized for a bike. They got to practice the course. And then they also got to do a bunch of practice of the rolling start. If you watch the live feed, it was Boz or it was Jason or like one of the head judges doing a rolling start. The pack follows them. When they pass this one little gravelly area, then they could take off and go. So just they got like, just like race cars. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like race cars. Exactly. So. They got to practice all that stuff ahead of time. So mm-hmm. it was Tuesday was the individuals doing that in smaller groups. So it wasn't all 40 of them at a time. And then Wednesday was the teams and they got to practice like 
they had handoffs, you know, special things they had to coordinate. Right. And then my job on the course was at the point they called time. So the individuals 40 minutes. was 40 minutes. And if they were past a certain point on the course, they got to finish the lap they were on. And the point on the course was me. <laughs> Actually, it was Chuck. But my job, and then with three other of the event team volunteers, was as soon as they called time, was basically, it was our job to throw our bodies in front of the pack of bikes and start waving orange flags and direct them off the course. And I was like, as we were setting this up and practicing it, and I was like, hey, wait a second. Are you... Are you saying my job is to stop a pack of 40 <laughs> competitive games athletes from continuing on this course? Like, ah, I, but it was fine. That yeah. sounds more dramatic than it was. Everything was good. Yeah. They knew you didn't get happening. run over at all. I did not, not even close. Yeah. But it was fine. So I got to see them all right at the finish and up close and stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, Tuesday, Wednesday, the site is open because the age group yeah. stuff is happening. So and that's when I site. first went. Yeah. So Tuesday it opened for the or not the individual, the adaptive and age group stuff. So I went, I had signed up for workouts every day. And so I went and did my first workout and God, tried to just get all like the shopping and stuff that I wanted to do out of the way. Because mm-hmm. when you get there on, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's packed and a lot of the sizes and everything are gone. So I hit up the Noble tent and I kind of did some like pre- pre-shopping on the the rogue stuff but then went and did my first workout and it was the same sort of setup as last year where they had the affiliate that they called it and that was basically ran like a box where you have you know up to 20 people in a class and there was one of a level three or level four coaches and a secondary one that were just basically like running it like a crossfit class Mm -hmm. and those are all seminar staff members Yeah. yeah and then they also had the other workout area which last year was different workouts and then they had like open gym sort of thing on the platforms this year they did it all as classes so we were doing the same workout whether you were inside the affiliate or in the spectator workout area Mm -hmm. and then the lifting platforms were like ran by the burger team and they were basically just you could only do a one rep max snatch and a one rep max clean and jerk and they would coach you through that so Mm -hmm. a little bit different on that so I did my first workout and yeah, you know, they always do a really good job. It's like the seminar staff. So mm-hmm. of course they know what they're talking about. And I always just enjoy those things because you always learn something, right? Even though I've coached all those movements a million times myself, you, you always pick up something. So we did one workout that had handstand walking and I, I learned a new drill that I've never seen before and it looks really good. So it's definitely stuff that I can like bring back and, you know, incorporate into our thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, did that on Tuesday and then, by the time I was done my workout and my shopping, you were still like right in the middle of everything. So yeah. I was like, I need something to do. So I went and watched a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw Oppenheimer, which is good, but it's more of a like good on behalf of the film critics, I think. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll probably win Best Picture or whatever. But for me, I was like, I wish I should have gone and seen Mission Impossible or something. <laughs> more exciting. Like, all right, it was fine. And then, yeah, I just kind of hung out and waited around until you were done. There was definitely a lot of downtime for me this week, you know, because yeah. you were busy doing stuff and I didn't have a lot going on. So there was definitely a lot of downtime, which is funny because we had very different like diets the whole time and very different levels of like activity because I got to work out a whole bunch. You didn't get to work out very much at all. I had tons of sitting around time, which is always the like when people get hungry and snacky and stuff, you had very little of that. Mm-hmm. So you had much more access to good food than I did. 
Yeah. It was, it was a tough, tough week for that. But also way more temptation. So on the food side, yeah, we're in a hotel room for 10 days. We checked ahead of time and they had a fridge, but nothing else. No yeah. microwave or anything. No little mini kitchen. So we're like, this is what nerds we are. Set yourself Super up nerd. for success. Yeah. We brought a microwave and a hot plate and like some dishes and some yep. pans and stuff. So we're like, I'm not eating takeout food for 10 days straight. Like we're going to do the best we can which isn't amazing and being well aware that we're going to be way more outside of our normal routine, but trying wherever we can to do the best we can. Mm -hmm. So some little things brought a microwave and a hot plate. So there, you know, went and got some groceries. We had the little fridge so we could at the very least sometimes have eggs. Mm -hmm. We went to this one really good barbecue place one night and got extra brisket and brought it home with us. So there was one night for sure that I came back and for dinner just had Scrambled eggs and leftover beef. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever meals I can make decent, I will try. In the back, on the staff side, they feed us and they feed us pretty well. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And there's it's in like a food hall, sort of buffet style all the time. So I tried to, you know, just eat as much protein as I could whenever I could. Skip the breads. And I don't even never touch the salad with the seed oil dressings. I don't bother with leaves. Crunchy water <laughs> covered in soybean oil is not a health food. But, you know, there was always really good portions of, they had some really good roasted turkey one day and also a really good brisket thing that they had done. So there's always a decent amount of meat, mm -hmm. a decent like chicken stir fry thing one day. But then the temptation is there are snacks yeah. fucking everywhere yeah. behind the scenes all the time. And it's all just free and take as much as you want. And it's like peanut M&Ms and those peanut butter pretzel mix things. And they'll have like, healthy-ish things like they had a ton of those little bags of those siete grain-free avocado oil chips which i don't mind once in a while they have rx bars but they had the oats and honey ones which mm -hmm. are much more sugary and they'll have like beef jerky and they'll have things of cashews and mixed nuts and stuff so the temptation is certainly there and it's just in unlimited quantities all the time so i will say i did not touch a piece of candy <laughs> there's Tons of candy and peanut M&Ms. Didn't eat a speck of that stuff because once it starts, I will not stop. So I knew just yep. don't even don't even have don't one. Have don't one. do it. Yep. The first couple days I was, and I don't know why, but you're just sort of like, when you have a break and it's right there, you're like, oh, I better eat something. So mm. I ate a few bags of those Siete chips and I ate some RX bars and that kind of stuff. Had, you know, cups of cashews and things. And then I was like, I don't normally ever eat between meals. Like what? I don't need to snack just because this is here. So yeah. by, I don't know if it was the Wednesday or Thursday, I was like, okay, new rule, no snacks, meals only eat meals. You're getting three solid meals a day. There's no need to touch all this snacky food. And it I like upsets my belly if I eat yeah. a lot of that all the time. And there's the, the Jocko stuff was a big push this year. Yeah. So there was Yeti coolers full of Jocko Malk and the Jocko Energy drinks everywhere. Yeah. And again, in unlimited quantities as much as you wanted. And, and on our side as well. Like yeah. They were giving out thousands of free bottles. If you wanted one of those, you could just grab one. Like yeah. unlimited supply, just free protein shakes and energy drinks. Yeah. And same thing. On the first, the first day after the workout, I was like, oh, I'll give it a try and see what it's like. And so I had one. And then later on I had an energy drink. And then I think I tried another flavor later on. And like, by the end of the day, I was like, okay, I can't have any more artificial sweeteners because <laughs> my belly is so mad at me right now. But the, so like you guys have access to food. We don't on our side. And the, the tough thing is, is that they, they don't want you to bring in anything, any outside yeah. food. So coming in, they check your bag. So you can't have like big, you know, containers of food with you. You can smuggle some like small stuff in, but it's often things like RX bars or I could get the Starbucks egg bite things in pretty easily. 
But other than that, you're not allowed to bring in any food or drink. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the venue and it's mostly carnival food, you know, hot dogs and burgers and whatever. But then there are food trucks that are like clearly geared more towards health people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the the difficult thing with that is it's $18 for a meal and they give you like two or three ounces of protein maybe and then a potato or something. So it's, it does not fill you up. There's no way that's enough food for me. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely like try to make eggs in the morning and have a really big breakfast that I could control. And then I can only eat so many of those egg bites. So I did that a couple of days, (laughs) but then, yeah, it was definitely a lot more like RX bars and stuff that I don't find filling. I just find they make me more hungry. And like you said, it's like a slippery slope. You have one and then you're kind of hungry for the rest of the day and you're way more likely to to snack or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was the toughest part of the week was the food thing for sure. I will say though that this year in there's an affiliate lounge, right? Where affiliate owners have access to it. And it's like a air conditioned couch TV kind of lounge. And in previous years you would go up there cause they'd be like, you know, snacks available. And it was like, you know, Chex Mix or like some tortilla <laughs> chips and salsa, you know, and it's like, I mean, I guess it's food, but it's not really actually like good food. Yeah. This year they had like different sponsored breakfasts. So they had like breakfast burritos and like actual breakfast sandwiches and stuff. And they were really good. And there was tons of eggs and meat and stuff in them. So mm-hmm. that was like, it was the best year we've ever had for that type of thing. And then again, unlimited like coffee and Jocko and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So they definitely did a much better job of trying to show that they were taking care of the affiliates and the, the lounge was good. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice to see. I think from the leadership down, Don Fall, the new CEO, they really, the focus is on the affiliates right now. I think they recognize that that's the, the seeds of what CrossFit is, is yeah. the people on the ground owning the places where people do CrossFit, you know, and that they're trying to put much more effort into showing their appreciation and support for the affiliates and then helping them be successful, which is yep. cool that it was like showing. And I heard multiple affiliate owners that I know go, Hey, the affiliate lounge was really good this year. Like, mm-hmm. That's cool. And, and like last year you would go, it was, it's a strange thing. Cause you go to the affiliate lounge and they give you like your gift bag and it had a t-shirt and a Yeti and like all these things. And it's, that's great. Like I, lo- I like getting that stuff just like anybody else. But then, <clears throat> you know, if you're endorsing, eating just chips and salsas and <laughs> snack yeah, foods. Not or, really what we're about. Yeah, this is doesn't really go with, with the whole theme of what we're trying to do here. Mm-hmm. So it was nice here, this year that even though it was like still processed food, it was much better, you know? Yeah. There was actually some protein and some actual meals. Yeah. And then they did some cool things with some workouts, which we'll get to later. But yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. And the thing that you mentioned where you worked out called the affiliate, they set yeah. up like a mock CrossFit box. Yeah. It's coached by seminar staff and it's 20-person classes. That also is only open to affiliate owners, but credentialed coaches. Yeah. So not just any spectator. It's, I think you have to have at least a level one to yeah. be eligible to go to workouts there. And it's also in the nicer air conditioned part of the building, the spectator workout areas in the big warehouse mm-hmm. building. So it's like hot and sweaty and stuff in there. It's way bigger and way more spacious for the just average spectator workouts. Yeah. But they do try to show their appreciation for having access to something a little more. Yeah. And nice I think it's an exclusive. I think it's great that they just, it's free workouts, you know, mm-hmm. like anybody can do it. They do a ton of like mini seminars even, right. Where mm-hmm. you can sign up to be part of a like mock level two seminar, right. Where they spend an hour just showing you what a typical level two seminar looks like mm-hmm. in the 
not the education booth, but like the CrossFit HQ area, they had a level three or level four coach just available. And you could just walk up and be like, Hey, I want to work on my kipping pull-ups. And they would just spend some time working on a movement with you. So they're definitely like, you know, doing a really good job of prioritizing, taking care of their, the patrons and, you know, making them feel like they can, you know, be working out and learning something and Mm -hmm. just have activities to do. Yeah. There's, and that's kind of the fun of going to the CrossFit games is yeah, you get to watch the athletes do the events live, but there's all the other Mm. things you get to participate in. And the vendor village was cool. You know, there's the standards. HWPO is a big booth and proven and obviously Noble has its own giant building and so does Rogue. Yeah. And then, you know, all the standards, two pood, I'm wearing Peach's shirt and a bunch of those kind of like vendors. I think there was three different ones with different types of cold plunge. Yeah. <laughs> tubs there's tons of cold plunge. Uh, rock tape and mayhem. It just like, all stuff. Yeah. All the standard brands are there with stuff to, to buy and yeah. all that. So that's kind of neat. At one point I'm walking through the vendor village and there's this like massive line for the proven booth. I'm mm-hmm. like, what the hell's going on? And I kind of walk right past the line and walk up to the guy and I was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, tea is going to be here in a few minutes. So I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. line up all the way down the whole park to, to yeah. get to meet Tia. And then same thing later on with Matt Frazier. Yeah. And the funniest thing about Matt Frazier's booth was they had offered HWPO tattoos because <laughs> yeah. Matt Frazier's brother is a tattoo artist. And so they had three or four different like fonts you could get, but it was it had to be that size. They would only do it on arms or legs. And you could sign up and get like a cheap HWPO. Mm. And I was laughing. I was like, I can't believe that anybody would actually consider doing that. It was packed. Yeah. So many people got an HWPO tattoo. You know? So I think the deal was, I think it was a hundred bucks for the tattoo. So mm-hmm. it was super cheap, but then you get lifetime HWPO programming mm-hmm. for free. If you would get there tattooed with it. One of the judges that I was working with got it on his arm and yeah. everyone was like, Dylan, let us see your tattoo. And he was like, he, so funny. he did it. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, like an interesting, you know, way to stir up some discussion about your brand. And, yeah. You know. Tell you what, if any of you guys get a Brio tattoo, you can have unlimited access to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> For free. Say, where are you going with that offer? I'm not sure what you're offering right there. Okay, so that was kind of like Tuesday, Wednesday was more about that stuff. The workouts and Bender Village yeah. and, you know, the age group stuff was going on. So not a lot of people on site. Mm-hmm. Thursday, the individual events started. So they went four days in a row this year. Other days they've done an offsite or something bigger on the Tuesday or Wednesday, and then they have a break day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the first event was the bike course. Like I said, I was on the finish line as the flagger throwing my body in front of the pack to when the time was up. I was in the hotel doing work because that one was not worth coming. To watch. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's just, you kind of not much to see. Oh, there they go. Oh, it, yeah. There go. Oh, there they go. That one's not a great like onsite spectator one. Cause yeah. it's kind of like watching golf. Like you, you just kind of have your spot and you can see them briefly and then that's it. You yeah. Know? The only advantage to that one is you can get really up close to the athletes. It's mm-hmm. probably one of the few events that if you want to see a CrossFit Games athlete go by two feet from you, yeah. if that's possible. And also that it's not that busy. There wasn't very many yeah. spectators on site for that one. There was a few crashes that I heard about, but I didn't see in the part where I was. So, because I was like, Ooh, I, wonder, I hope nobody gets hurt. I don't know how this will go. Apparently Justin Medeiros crashed twice. I don't know exactly how that played out, but mm-hmm. didn't see any of it myself. Then we were on the field for the pig chipper. So that was, we were outside in the sun. And it, the was humidity. it was really hot. That was the hottest day, I think. From morning until I think it was after 1 p.m. by the time we were done with the pig chipper. So that was probably the like 
most draining morning of just being out in the heat and there was no reprieve. So they're actually, as much as the food thing was not great, there was also very long periods of time of accidental fasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so intermittent fasting was happening and balancing out the, you know, more processed food than I would normally eat just because of how busy you are. Yeah. You just don't have time. So the pig chipper thing was fun. I was on the rig judging chest bar, toe to bar, and then the wall balls. Mm-hmm. Neat to see athletes that were, I think I had Bailey Rail. I'm pretty sure she was a gymnast. She must've been, she was very good at the chest bar, toes to bar stuff. I had Alex Gazan, who I had never heard of. I don't really follow competitive CrossFit that much, to be honest. She ended up doing quite well. She was within the top 10 by the end of the weekend. She was pretty strong at it. I had Jake Douglas. He's a refrigerator of a human. He's a big dude. Yeah. He's the one that if you watch Team Richie, they're talking about his foam roller traps. His traps are like grabbing a foam roller. They're like the same size. And he is up close. He's a big dude. What I was, I will say the one thing I was surprised the most about that one. So in the middle, they have to do a hundred wall balls, 20 pounds to 10 feet for the guys, 14 pounds to nine feet for the girls. You would think, oh, those athletes will be, and they were even briefing us like expect that many of them will go unbroken. Mm-hmm. Oh no, they did not. I couldn't believe the number of athletes that were seriously riding the struggle bus yeah. to do normal wall balls mm-hmm. and the number of no reps they were getting for not going low enough was yeah. also, I, I didn't have too many in my lane, but I can hear the judges on either side. A, a lot of people riding the struggle bus on wall balls. And it kind of made me think, hey, when was the last time you went to a class at your affiliate mm-hmm. and did a regular workout? You yeah. know, this is not 30 pound wall balls. It's not to 12 feet. It's nothing special. It's, yeah, I feel like some of you guys have been sleeping on the basics yeah. here, you know, like the they're squatting on the turf. So a little bit unstable. And the number of people that just went straight knees forward, heels off, and then can't hit depth. And we're getting like yeah. lots of no reps was yeah. surprising. Yeah, I remember watching that workout and, you know, going into it, of course, you're like, oh, well, will Justin win again this year? He's done the last two years. And yeah. then he like didn't do well on the bike one. And then you kind of heard, I think they had said he like crashed a couple of times or whatever. You're yeah. like, okay, well, you know, he'll probably make it up on this next one. And then he just got owned by that workout. Really so I, I don't know if it was the heat or if it was, you know, something that happened in the bike crash that like affected him, mm-hmm. but was like last on the field and didn't finish and really struggling to do five reps at a time. Yeah. And I remember watching this and be like, oh, Justin's not going to win this year. There's no way he can't be like close to the the bottom for the first two workouts and make his way back to the top. Especially when Roman was already, yeah. you know. That's winning. Pat Vellner's strategy. That's Vellner's job. You, he has to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go from last to second. Yeah. Vellner got... 27th, 6th, 6th, 27th, 6th, 6th. That yeah. was the first two days of his placings. Yeah. Classic. That's how he rolls. That's how he rolls. <laughs> but clawed his way back up to second. Yeah. So yeah, I was surprised to see the number of athletes doing wall balls in like sets of 10 mm-hmm. and toes to bar in sets of five. You know, it wasn't. And like super hard workout for sure. It's yeah. Not like and that was hot. an easy That's... one. And and add that absolutely added to it. But it, it was just surprising to see how, how badly it was actually like wrecking the top people in the world. Mm-hmm. That's why when I programmed this one for us to do, I made it a team workout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At least two of us combined are as fit as one really fit person. Yeah. Then that night was in the Coliseum with the handstand obstacle course, the inverted medley. Yeah. That one was super cool. That was super cool. That was a fun event. I I think overall we thought that the, in the middle after they had done the pullovers, absolutely nobody struggled with the pullovers. Most of them went unbroken. That was pretty, pretty easy for them to pick up for a new movement in CrossFit. Butterfly ball. <laughs> CrossFit posted a, a video of it and said, what's the name of this movement? Wrong answers only. And my favorite 
of all of the things that people came up with was butterfly balls to bar. <laughs> oh, yeah, butterfly balls to bar. That's what it was. And it was funny in the comments. People are like, what is this shit? Cross was coming up with the goofiest, new, stupid movements for people to do. And you're like, a pullover is a basic movement that every gymnast, male and female, learns how to do. This isn't some goofy shit that CrossFit came up with. This yeah. is like a very standard, very basic gymnastics movement. Mm-hmm. This is funny. People love to chirp. But I think in the middle, after the pullovers, they had to get into a handstand on the box and they couldn't, they, so they either had to put their hands on and do a press to handstand or do a really aggressive kick up to a handstand. And we thought that the athletes would struggle with that much more than they did. Yeah. Pretty much everybody figured it out. And then once they were up there, they had to do a 360 degree pirouette before handstand walking down the set of stairs. Yeah. So yeah, I was quite impressed with their ability to adapt to something that we thought would trip them up. And I think the, like, the key to that was they told them ahead of time what they had to do. So for sure they would have been able to get a box and try some, mm-hmm. some reps out, you know? Yes. I think if you're going to incorporate a new movement like that, you need to give them some level of practice so that it doesn't like, you know, you're not trying it for the first time out on the floor. Mm-hmm. Always so. practice on a padded box. Yeah. There was unfortunately one of the team athletes that was practicing, like not at the games, but offsite in Madison on a wooden box and slipped and mm. the team had to withdraw. Cause oh, he no. had, yeah. Did you, I didn't hear, hear about that. that. One? Yeah. It was quite bad. He wrecked his face and had to go into emergency surgery uh, pretty bad. So yeah, don't ever practice that on a wooden box. That sucks. Padded room only. <laughs> Who did I have? Spencer Panchik mm-hmm. ahead of my lane for that one. I will say the Panchik boys are the politest, nicest humans on earth. Yeah. So congratulations to the Panchik mom and dad. You're Spencer. I, and I was saying, people like Spencer Panchik is so nice. He's so polite. He comes out, shakes your hand, introduces himself. He says, thank you at the end. And they were like, oh yeah, like Scott, like all the boy, all the Panchik boys are like that. Like yeah. they're just really good humans. So it's nice to see from the background. Lots of times the other athletes are very much in the zone. They basically don't even acknowledge the judges there, which is fine. They're yeah. there to compete, but it is nice to see when clearly he's been raised to have yeah. good manners. Yeah. So that was, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. And yeah. I had Bailey Rayo. I'm pretty sure she must have been a gymnast. She was good on that one. So it was kind of fun to play along with. Yeah. So that was Thursday. Friday started with the alpaca redo. Mm-hmm. The alpaca was supposed to happen last year. It, part of it did, but they had to eliminate the legless rope climbs because it was too rainy. And it completely changed the workout. Yeah. For most people, not Laura Horvath. <laughs> well, that's uh-huh. what that's what the problem was, was that they said, well, if it had legless rope climbs, Laura wouldn't have won because last year she won. And then again, she crushed it this year. Yeah. And they were like, she was like the Hungarian and then European rock climbing champion for yeah. three or four years. You're like, Laura can fucking climb a rope, yeah. you know? And she had said after that event last year, like, I would have liked it just as much if it had the rope climbs. And mm-hmm. then the internet that likes to chirp was, yeah. oh no, she wouldn't have won. That like movement is still, I would say the the main one that like wrecks people, yeah. both on the team and the individual side. Yeah. There was just people, high level athletes that were just at absolute failure just like mm-hmm. couldn't do another rep. So there was that started with, they had to push this sled. It has six kettlebells on it. They push it 42 feet, unload one set of kettlebells, push it, unload the second, push it, unload the third. And then the workout starts essentially. It's three rounds. They have to do two legless rope climbs. Then they run back and do 12 kettlebell clean and jerks. And then kind of they work their way back. The kettlebells are really heavy. It's two poots for the guy and a poot and a half for the girls. Yeah. So pretty much everybody, they get to the rope climbs and they're slightly but fairly fucked up from the sled push. It's really heavy. 
They get the first two rope climbs, no problem. Then they go and do their kettlebell clean and jerks, which is very taxing on the grip. Mm -hmm. They would come back and they would get the first one, no problem. And then the next one. So it's like the fourth rope climb in the workout. That was like the, oh God, people would hit the wall. Yeah. And because you have to start from a seated position and you have to pull yourself up and back down without your legs, it's not like you can just wholesale it from the top or slide down with your legs. And you have to show control to have a fairly low point on the rope with both hands below the, the marker before you can let your legs down. That's really, really difficult. Yeah. And once you hit failure, that's an expensive rep. Yeah. They kept saying, if you hit failure, you're pretty much done. Yeah. And a lot of people were <laughs> done. <laughs> yeah. I had Katrin, David's daughter in my lane. Always she, had strugg struggles with rope climbs. Yeah. She's and, never been good with those. Yeah. So she, on that fourth rope climb, she's up. She's almost all the way down, but she's clearly like a foot and a half above the marker. And she kind of had her legs dangling in a weird way. And I was like, keep your feet up, keep your feet up. And then she just slipped or something. And then she looked at me and went, <gasps> and she knew and I knew, like she wasn't going to fight with me that it should have been a rep. It clearly wasn't, but she was so close to the end mm -hmm. and then failed it. And I don't know if she caught her fingernail or something happened, but she kind of kept looking at her hand and I wasn't sure if she was bleeding or whatever, but she kind of kept like sort of this panicky look, like, did that just happen? Yeah. And then she sat and rested for probably seven minutes. Mm -hmm. So just kind of standing there. <laughs> Catherine Davis. <laughs> so you like stuff? And it's like, we're not talking, you know, she's very much in the zone. And yeah. There's no minimum work requirements, but the rules are they do have to be like attempting to continue working. Mm hmm. So she would like get up and like chalk her hands or like kind of shake her arms out or stretch her wrists. And, you know, and then she would sit down on the mat for a while. And I was like, I'm not sure how long this goes on for before I have to say that she's not actually doing this workout. Yeah. But she managed herself well. She was doing the right thing. And then when she did finally get it, when she finally attempted it, she did get it. And I think there was maybe two minutes left in the workout and she booked it down to the kettlebells yeah. and got as much work done as she can. So Yeah. I think that's the type of movement where you just, you can't force them to keep trying because nope. they're just going to keep blowing up and yeah. just increase risk of injury or whatever. And I, I did think that's a maturity and a wisdom thing of her being such a long-term competitor. Was yeah. She knew how long she needed to rest to not fail yeah. again and get it. So yeah. kudos to her. Yeah. Um, it is crazy to see the athletes up close, especially the female athletes. They're like way more jacked than they look on camera. Yeah. Oh, these are like Everybody's gods super... and goddesses up close. <laughs> Damn. How is this even a real human being? Everybody's super jacked, but everybody's very short. Yeah. The female athletes are maybe a little taller than you would expect, but all the male athletes are shorter than you would expect for sure. When you would meet any of them, you would go, Oh wow. I didn't realize yeah. Noah Olson is not that tall or Nick Matthews is not that tall. Yeah. And Fukowski stands out like a giant and he's only six one or six two. Yeah. But he just looks like a giant next to all these, I don't know, average height of maybe five, seven or eight, yeah. but they look like these, you know, statuesque giant people on camera. And when they're all kind of the same, it, it just looks normal. Right. So yeah, yeah. I can't really tell. So then we went inside. We were in the Coliseum for the rest of the day. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> we're outside on the field as much. Then we had that ski bag thing. Yeah. Short little sprinty workout with sandbag squats. And that one was like, it was funny to watch because first of all, the guys are using a 200 pound sandbag yeah. and the girls are using 125. But almost everybody did 30 unbroken squats and then 20 unbroken squats. Mm -hmm. And I can't imagine doing that with a barbell, you know, yeah. at 200 pounds, doing a set of 30 and then a set of 20. 
and they were doing it with this awkward ass sandbag. And it was so funny to see the like jello legs that everybody had like walking <laughs> off. I was like, oh, this one, they're going to feel that one for sure. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, it was a fun event to watch. Judging that one was really tricky. We were in front of the athlete and normally to judge a squat, you would want to be on the side. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of them would struggle with depth and especially because the weight is on one side of the shoulder, like rotating one hip down and one hip up. So it's a, it's a difficult angle. I think you could see it better on the camera. And then because they're holding this thing on the shoulder, not standing up to full extension was a big one because yeah. they just want to stay a little hunched over. They don't want to like fully open their hips. So yeah. there was a lot of no reps being given and probably a lot more that should have been given for not lacking full extension, yeah. not full extending, but otherwise pretty good, pretty straightforward yeah. workout. Then we had Helena. Mm -hmm. That one was on ESPN, like actual ESPN. So in bars and restaurants and on TV screens everywhere around the world. A lot of people saw CrossFit for the first time. Yep. Pretty cool. Yep. Which meant everyone in the back was panicking. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to be on TV. Everybody get this right. It was like the tension was high for yeah. everything to go well. You know, it was really interesting to see because, you know, I would want to get out of the sun. And so I'd go to the Coliseum early and I would just be sitting there for half an hour, whatever, waiting for the events to begin. And in that time, the judges are basically like practicing how the flow of the workout is going to go mm -hmm. and they would do it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really interesting because the judging team is really, it's its own little like performance in itself. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has to stand a certain way and everybody has to be very stoic and you know, like they tell you just don't be a spectacle, right? Mm -hmm. Like as invisible as possible, but there's such an order to it where you're supposed to stand and like how you're supposed to move and the timing of it all. So it's interesting to see everybody like practicing and stuff and then, you know, when the actual workout happens, it's just like clockwork, you know, it's just ingrained and it's easy and you just do your thing and you're good to go. Yeah. I would say a small fraction of what you're getting briefed on with the judges is the actual movement standards, but mm -hmm. they're pretty standard movements and we're all pretty familiar with what a squat is supposed to look like. Yeah. Mostly what you're getting briefed on is where to stand, what to do, what are the signals you're giving, how, you know, exactly to be invisible, the a judge doing a good job is as invisible as possible. Mm -hmm. So there you're trying not to block media and be aware of what you look like on camera. And hopefully you look like nothing. We were joking that they're like, don't do any exaggerated movements. If you're judging a wall ball, your head shouldn't be like going crazy up and down, <laughs> like small movements. And we were like, okay, so don't be a meme. They're like, yeah. yes, don't be a meme. Don't make a spectral. Don't draw attention to yourself. Yeah. But then there's all these signals that you're giving to scoring. So what I think a lot of people don't, necessarily understand is that especially for those big events there's a judge on the field sometimes two there's another judge a spotter in the pit like along the side that is also counting the reps to like double check that the judge is getting it right on the floor and then there's also from the scoring team a person for every lane with a little it looks like a phone and they're also counting the reps so when you see the scoreboard up top being updated live that's how that's happening yeah and so on the bikes and skiers, you're giving little signals down to the side with your hand for every calorie that goes by. And when you have five left, you do the four, three, two, one. And that's for broadcast. That's for media. That's for scoring. And there is this choreography of all these things that have to happen outside of just make sure the athlete did the work mm -hmm. that they're supposed to do. And it looks more professional if we're all tight and we're all in line and we're all in the same spot and doing the same thing. It looks sloppy if people are out of line and some are standing and some are kneeling and, you yeah. know, in different positions. So there's a the choreography that goes into it is all right we're going to go out we're going to you know turn 90 degrees and march in on the 42 line we're going to have the middle of our front foot across the yellow line and then we're going to back up in 12 foot sections and 
you know, everybody yeah. trying to. It's very precise. Very precise, which is cool. And then yeah. I think it makes us look more professional too. Mm-hmm. I had Ellie Turner in my lane who, she's a very nice girl. I like her a lot. She came out and told me, she's, I have a back injury. She's, I'm going to try a couple bar muscle ups. I might not get any. If I don't, I'm just going to sign the scorecard and I'll be done. The cuts were happening at the end of Friday. So I think she was pretty aware that she was going to be withdrawing or getting cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she goes out for the run has to, you can tell she's running very gingerly cause her back is sore. She comes in quite a bit behind the other girls. She hops up, kind of winces on the kip and then bangs out 12 unbroken bar mm-hmm. muscle ups. So she was fine. And then she tells she's okay. Goes over to the dumbbell, a little hesitant to pick it up. It's 21 dumbbell snatches. It's only 35 pounds though. So she's so strong. So she's okay. This is fine. So she does them, goes out, does the second round. And then on the third round, the, I think what was a 12 minute cap or something. Yeah. The other girls were all finishing around like nine and 10 minutes. So it ends up, she comes back in for her last run and she's the only one on the field and she's bawling. Mm -hmm. And I cried everything. And I was like, (laughs) I was tearing up and I was like, Oh my God. And then she comes jogging in and the whole crowd cheers for her standing, standing. She's the only one on the field and she's just bawling. And I was like, don't be the judge that's crying on the field. Don't cry right now. Don't cry with Ellie Turner. This is so, but it was very like emotional, but like yeah. the support from the the community. And you're like, oh, and you know, she chalks her hands and hops up and she did a set of five bar muscle ups before the, the time cap. And then when she came down, unfortunately, I don't, I don't know if you guys could see it on the video. She slipped and landed kind of on her tailbone and that was almost worse. So yeah. then she was like, and then I was like, do you need medical? And then she's like, no, I think I'm okay. And then all of a sudden they're like, Jocelyn moving. And I was like, ah, and I have to like run and hop in and get off the field. But yeah. Yeah. So that was, they talk about opportunities that you get to be a part of and you get to steal the energy. They kept saying, you get all these opportunities to soak up or absorb or steal the energy from what's happening. And yeah. you're like, this is nothing about me, but I'm a part of it. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be as invisible as possible. Hopefully I'm not even on the camera, but you're like, I'm a part of this moment and I'm like soaking up all this energy from yeah. it. So that was, that was one of my like emotional highlights of the, not highlights. Cause it, you know, yeah. but the, the support that was coming towards her for the community and you're yeah, just like cool. in the zone of it. And it was really cool watching that event because, you know, we've been doing CrossFit for a long time. And if this was 10 years ago, the only girls that would have maybe been able to do a rounds, let alone three unbroken was like Sam, Sam Briggs, Sam Briggs and yeah. Camille. Right. Yeah. And everybody else would be like twos and threes and maybe a six if you're good at muscle ups and stuff. And it would be like a completely different thing. This year, like almost everybody, all the girls went unbroken on all three sets of 12 bar muscle ups. Yeah. And like easily. Yeah. Incredibly difficult to do. It's really cool to see how far the sport has progressed and like the abilities of the athletes. And, you know, it's just, it's no longer about can you do bar muscle ups? It's like how fast can you do 12? You know, it's just, it's, it's really, it was really cool to watch. It's really cool. And that, yeah, it was on ESPN. I think it all went well. Afterwards, everybody was like high fives all around. I think yeah. execution was pretty good. Obviously, CrossFit as a sport, we would like to be on those major platforms much more, have more exposure. Yeah. Good for the sport, good for the athletes. Yeah. Yeah. My Friday was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so by Friday, the age groups are done. Yeah. So I started out the morning for the first time ever. They they did a affiliate workout in the Coliseum. So they had never done that before, but basically... They opened it up. If you were an affiliate owner, you could sign up for a workout on the Coliseum floor. And so I went and was like there early to wait for this thing that I'd signed up for. And they bring us out there 
And yeah, it was really great. The CEO, Don, was there and basically, you know, made a bit of a speech, like thanking the affiliates. And it's like, you guys are the bread and butter. It's like, you're why we're all here and very appreciative of what we do. And then we did a sort of like fight gone bad style multi-station workout. Everything was very light and kind of easy, but it was, they just tried to make it like accessible to everybody. There was, how many people were there? Well, there was a hundred spots to sign up, but then once we got in there, it was, there was more people than there were supposed to be. I ended up on a team of three and it was supposed to be just pairs, which was fine. But I think they said 160 people were down on the floor working out, but Don was working out with everybody and they had the demo team there working out with us as well. And yeah, it was just super fun. It was really interesting to be on the floor because the Coliseum looks way smaller from down there than it does when you're up in the stands. Mm. When you're looking around in the stands, the whole place looks massive. And then when you're down on the floor looking up, you're like, oh, this is actually not a super big facility. But it was really cool to do. Glad I got to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we had they had finished up the Coliseum event for the age groups. And that's when they started selling off a lot of the equipment. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay. We were thinking about getting ski ergs if they were a good price. So I like went over to Rogue and of course they were a good price. And I was like messaging you. I was like, I don't know. Do you think we should get them or whatever? And you didn't really get back to me because you were tied up. And so I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to buy them. And so I bought two ski ergs and they are fully assembled and like ready to go. And he basically hands me a screwdriver that I asked for. And I like am in the Rogue booth trying to like take it apart (laughs) so that I can like put the two on top of each other and get it out to the car. So last year we decided to get some bumper, bumper plates. And so we moved a lot of weight and I was lucky enough to have Glendon Hall there and he helped me move the plates. But this year I was on my own and I had two skiers. So I, I took the stand off of one skier and then put this one skier on top of the other one and then put the stand in and kind of like Jimmy rigged it all together so I could wheel it. And so I'm wheeling this thing and it is hot as hell. It's 32 degrees. <laughs> and the rogue tent is like far into the site. And I was parked, you know, way far away. And so I'm like wheeling this thing through the whole area, trying not to bump into people. And then I get about three quarters of the way there. And one of the wheels just explodes. <laughs> those things not meant for off road. Those things are not meant to go on like a mile off road. <laughs> adventure and so the wheel explodes and i'm trying to figure out what happens and i realized that half the wheel is sitting on the ground i was like ah shit and i'm in the middle of the parking lot i'm like i can't like do anything but just like <laughs> quickly run it over to my car and so piece by piece i'm like running the ski ergs over this is david's own crossfit games <laughs> happening in the parking lot just so hot and then you know we had our, we had our car and not our truck so i had to like completely disassemble these things so i'm in the lake sun disassembling these skiers and is this really worth the money i'm saving on <laughs> buying these things and then i like cram it all into my into the car and it fit which was good and then i'm just like so sweaty and gross like more so than i was after the workout i was just like oh my god i got to change my shirt this is terrible so we leave that and Went back in and went and sat in the nice air-conditioned Coliseum <laughs> and tried to cool down because it was so hot. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So we got two more ski ergs on the way. Yeah, so that's cool. Good. Got them for a good price. Yeah. They The way Rogue does it, Rogue brings an absolutely mind-blowing amount of stuff. This is one of the other things that I think is so cool about having access to walk around in the back is there's an entire warehouse full of equipment from Rogue and just pallets and pallets and pallets of stuff. Yeah. And I think they bring more than they need because often the workouts are like not fully finalized until they do testing on site. Mm-hmm. And then as they finish with it or they don't need it anymore, then they sell it off at the road booth because they don't want to haul it all back. So yeah. you can 
often get equipment like at probably at cost or whatever they're selling it for. And sometimes like last year, we got a full set of plates, the colorful ones that say Reebok CrossFit or yeah. Noble CrossFit games on them. That's old. Reebok. Reebok. <laughs> That's old. Whoops. Those ones are in our garage. So <laughs> you can like sandbags and kettlebells yeah. and they'll sell the bob. They'll sell the big bob. Like you can take it. You can take it. If you can come with a flatbed. Um, the, the one lady I was talking to was saying that one year, because they have the in the rogue booth, it's a massive building. It's a tent. It's a whole building. Yeah. Yeah. It's this big building. They have a full rig set up and all their really cool, expensive stuff. And she said one year, a guy was like, would you sell me that whole thing? And they're like, if you want it, sure. And generally, if you order some big, crazy contraption like that, like it's like a three month turnaround time and you have to pay for shipping and whatever. And so this guy apparently canceled his flight, <laughs> went and rented a U-Haul, and they just loaded all this rogue stuff up and into this U-Haul, and he just hauled it back to his his gym or whatever. Yeah. I was like, geez, that, it's like, was that heavily discounted? She's new. I'm like, yeah. Dedication I to, I was going to say the deal, but maybe just there, having she, it. She said it was no deal. It was just like no shipping and no wait time. You just could take it with you. I guess. But then all the, all the used stuff, you definitely get a deal. It was much cheaper to buy the skiers that way yeah so that's cool that's what we came home with yeah okay so that's friday we're on espn the field gets cut to 30 so now we show up saturday morning and it's the 5k run the 4.56k <laughs> run which i think is well known whoops whoops i was on the north part of the course just like they have judges just stationed at regular intervals all the way around and so i went out we would go out there in teams of three and our little team lead has a picture on his phone of the map of where we're supposed to be. And he's, we're not where we're supposed to be. He's, according to this map, we should be on a road over there. And we're like, we're on the course. Like, we're on the course markers, but the course is not where the course is supposed to be. And so we were, he's, you know, looking at the picture. And the picture has it mapped out as 5,000 meters. Uh, it's like some kind of Google Maps satellite view thing. And then he's, well, we're where we're supposed to be, but we're not where we're supposed to be on this course. And then we just, I mean, I wasn't doing anything other than just making this, sure the spectators don't run onto the, the field where people are running. And then I have my stopwatch on and we're timing time between laps. They do three laps and they're coming by in five and a half minutes. And we were like, this course is short. Yeah. There's no way these guys are holding a sub six minute mile pace on. It's like hilly and rough and grass and stuff. There's, something's not right here. And then it turned out it was not, which a is short. a little short, which is unfortunate. And it's, um, it's fine because everybody did the same thing. It's not like some people had to do the five and other people didn't. Yeah. It's just kind of embarrassing that they mapped it out wrong and posted yeah. these 5K times faster than they should have been. Yeah, I think that's the thing. All the athletes were tested on the same test. And so the first to last place is the order stays. So it doesn't affect the competition at all. But yeah, it, just to hold out, this is my 5K time when it's like not actually your 5K time. Yeah. It sucks a little bit for sure. But otherwise, that was fine. We're <laughs> watching the athletes run. <laughs> And being quite surprised at with what poor technique many of them run. <laughs> like, where are the coaches in this involvement? And this seems like easy money to pick up to just teach people better technique. Like, I feel like people are getting hung up and doing a lot of volume and just training, but nobody's being like, hey, could you be 5% more efficient yeah. in the way you run and not waste so much energy? You know, so I think there's a lot of opportunity in some things like that to just get fitter, get better outcomes just by improving technique yeah. and not having to train so much volume. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's come a long way. It, I mean, I remember back in the original CrossFit games where like 
snatching was as sketchy as it can be. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's definitely put the time in and gotten to the level of everybody in the snatch and clean and jerk event were, like looked like Olympic weightlifters yeah. with the exception of a couple. <laughs> For the most part, it was like really good. Yeah. But yeah, there's those basics, like you said, sleeping on the basics, right? Like how's yeah. your running technique? How's your wall balls? How's all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So... 5K runs in the morning. We're outside. It was actually a really beautiful morning. It was a little bit cool. Yep. It was quite a breeze. And there was just enough of a cloud cover that it wasn't direct blaring sun. So of all the mornings that whole week, Saturday was probably the most ideal for the, the 4.5K. That should have been my skier day. Yeah, that you, it would have been much better. So we were only outside for that part. Yep. And then and it actually wasn't too bad. Then we had that interval workout where they were doing the box jump overs, burpee box jumps, and then the row thing yep. in the Coliseum. That was a cool workout. Yeah. I was not on the field for that one. I was one of the spotters in the pit on the side. Yeah. And yeah, again, that's what I think a lot of people don't understand is that what you don't see on the live feed is that sometimes for one athlete doing a workout, there's up to six people verifying that the right thing is happening. Yeah. Of the judge on the field, sometimes another judge on the field, a spotter in the pit, a scorekeeping person. There's so much, so many layers to make sure that things are going right. Yeah. And even there's timers and then there's backup timers and then there's human timers. And then there's like all mm -hmm. these layers to make sure if something fails, they often have three or four more layers of backup on the bike course. Like the first day there was a, a they have a chip on their ankle. There's one timing loop that they cross. And then there's actually a second backup one in case the first one fails. And then they also have three teams of two judges like manually ticking off how many rounds people took. And then all of the judges always just keep time. So there's right. never any doubt and cameras. So if they ever have to go back to a camera review, they can do it. Yeah. That's quite impressive. The level of precision. Yeah. Saturday night in the Coliseum. That's the only total. That was cool. Two attempts at a one rep max snatch, one rep max clean and jerk. Always a good night. They always do the heavy thing and mm -hmm. it's like a good spectator spectacle things. So they have 15 platforms one person lifts at a time in 20 second intervals. So it just goes around and around. Does that work out to four and a half minutes of rest between attempts, but they only get two. Yeah. So they got to be certain that they can get what they can get. Yeah. I had Olivia Kerstetter. She's the 17 year old phenom trains with Jacob Hepner. She's very strong. Then I had Jamie Simmons. She unfortunately hurt her elbow bailing a snatch behind her. And then she ended up having to withdraw from the competition, but you could tell when she did it and then she was kind of like, Ooh, like, kind of roll on her elbow. She did do, she opened with a much lighter clean and jerk than otherwise, and then did hit her second one. But then I think that was a, was a not good situation. Yeah. And then it's Sam Cornier. So the first heat of the men, those, those, uh, there's another cut Saturday night to the top 20 athletes. Sam Cornier and Nick Matthews are on the platforms next to each other. And they actually had a cool little, little kind of competition friendly thing going back and forth between the two of them. The snatch, Nick hit a snatch and Sam had the same weight loaded up. And as soon as Nick hit it in the 20 seconds, as fast as he could, he added the half pounders. And so yeah. he hit it. So then he beats Nick by one pound and Nick, you know, the camera's off on somebody else. And he's like, ah, oh, you had to beat me by one pound. And then they're like knocks and he's like, good lift, good lift, man. Good on you. Good on you. Like yeah. good play. You know, they're not like it's friendly for sure. Yeah. And then same thing on the clean and jerks. Nick hit a very nice clean and jerk. He's very strong. He's a very good lifter. Sam loaded up the half pounders and beat him by one and he missed it. So yeah. It did end up in that little showdown that Sam got caught at Nick made it through into the next day. But it, it's kind of neat to see the little gaming that goes on and they're watching what other people are doing. Yeah. And it like it's neat because they know who they need to watch. Yeah. And so they'll they'll often wait and see what the person lifts and if they hit it or not. And then they'll decide on what they're 
their weight is. Yeah. But the people that are side by side, like you have a second to make a quick change if mm-hmm. you wait for that person to hit it or not, you know, like you really don't have a lot of time. I was when he started to change the weights and you have to the weights have to be inside the collars and then those sticky kind of rubber ones. I was like, ooh, I don't know if he's gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> but he he did and he hit it on the snatch. It didn't work out on the cleaving jerk, but yeah. And then I had Brian Fukowski. My there's two judges in the lane. One is giving the down signal. And the other one is doing the math and flipping the cards and stuff. So I was just the flipper, mm-hmm. the math person on that one. So that was kind of neat. Oh, that was the one. I was in one of the middle lanes, the middle row of the platforms. And in the corner, directly across from me is Noah Olson. And as the judge, you're not supposed to be like looking around and watching the other athletes lift. You're supposed to just be professional and kind of look straight ahead. And not They're like, you're not there to spectate the CrossFit Games. So interesting stuff is happening behind me. I'm trying just to look straight ahead on one knee I accidentally when Noah went to hit his first snatch made direct eye contact with him and he kind of went and sort of like stumbled and I think missed the lift yeah and then did hit it again in the 20 seconds he tried it again and I was like oh my bad but I'm like directly in front of him maybe 20 feet in front and accidentally like direct eye contact and just rattled him for a second and then he very 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 nicely he's a very nice competitor came over and he's like would you mind before I do my next lift, could you just move over there? Like over a little bit. I'm like, I'm directly in your line of sight, aren't I? He's like, yeah, he's, it just kind of rattled me. He's not that, that's not why I missed the lift. And he's like <laughs> being very polite and not trying to be blamey or anything. Yeah. But I was like, absolutely, man, no problem. You got it. And so then I just made sure to move over. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, no, but he is, what do they call him the golden retriever of CrossFit. He's mm-hmm. like the nicest guy ever. Yeah. But that was funny. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I felt bad. Yeah. No, that's good. And then Brent, you know, is very precise. They call him the professor and he double checked our math at the end and said, good job, ladies, good math and signed <laughs> off on it and made sure it was all good. He did well in that event. Yeah. So they had, let's talk about cuts a little bit because they had done a cut leading up to that. And yeah. in previous years, the cuts were very controversial mm-hmm. and in all honesty, I think done poorly. Mm-hmm. This year was much better. This yeah. year was really good. I think the cuts were super appropriate Yeah, because I, as a spectator, it gets to a certain point where there's a clear dividing line and who is there to be competitive and who's there because they're just excited they're getting some free shirts. And it gets to be the like pretty boring to watch the first heat or two. Yeah. And, and you know, if you have four or five heats of something, you're just like, okay, let's get this yeah. going here. So they cut down to 30. Start with 40 athletes yeah. that qualified from all the semifinals. They compete for Thursday, Friday, which... Dave Castro said on his YouTube channel, and this is a fair point, he's, they did three events and then three events. That's a regionals amount of, of testing fitness. Yeah. And so then that's fair. They cut from Friday night, they cut down to 30. So 30 people compete on Saturday. Now they've done nine events. Yeah. And then on Saturday night, they cut to 20. So 20 people compete on Sunday. Yeah. And those are the people that are, you know, meant to be there. So, yeah. And so, I don't think we were missing anybody that should have been there on both of those cuts. You know, everybody that should have been there was there. Mm -hmm. It made for a much like more watchable experience. And then it also, it was really cool that on the last day when it was only 20 people, like the one event, it was everybody in the same heat. So there was no like wondering what the next heat was going to do or whatever. It was just like the whole field was on there. It was super exciting. Yeah. And then you were saying as well that the people that were on the cusp, it pushed them to work harder because they had something to lose. Whereas if you're just floating in 30th place, it's well, you know, whatever. But if you're like, 
you're going to get cut if you don't do well, then you're going to up the intensity. So it does make those earlier heats a little bit more exciting. Yeah. So on the Friday, yeah, exactly that. It made, it gave something for the fans and the athletes to kind of push hard and root for. There's a story in there, right? Mm -hmm. They're on the bubble and they're trying to make it. So it makes it more interesting for the fans to watch those first heats on the Friday and the Saturday as well. I think what I really came to realize this year is the CrossFit Games I think we all agree we're trying to grow. It's we're trying yep. to make this a bigger and better. We're trying to make it a professional sport. It's better for everybody when there's more exposure. It's better for affiliates because more people know about CrossFit and get inspired to do it. It's better for the athletes because they're exposed to a higher level, so they have more sponsorship and like money making opportunities. All everybody benefits when yep. the sport is grows. Yeah. And so really what we're all cooperating to try to do is to deliver a product that people want to watch. Yeah. We're trying to deliver and make an exciting, watchable event. So the athletes have their job to do of, you know, being elite superhuman fitness maniacs, but the judges have their job to do to make sure the sport is professional and fair and that, you know, it's also watchable and looks well executed. So we look like a professional sport. The event team who is like the underappreciated engine that runs the whole thing of the gear team that makes sure everything is where it needs to be and everything is right and precise and scoring so all the scores are up to date and accurate like all of it everybody has their little part to play in executing something to this level so i'm a million percent in favor of the cuts yeah i think it makes it if the goal is to deliver a product that's more watchable and engaging that's the right move as long as they're done at the right time like yeah the the right people will get yeah through this year was for sure this year was great the right move 20 people on the last day is good still interesting still room to move around yeah So I think that was, I know some people were not in favor of it. And I think from the, I think it was the athletes association that was like, we deserve to all be here and all get to do all the events. I think we've just moved on from when the competition in the early days, when it was a barbecue and Dave Castro's Mm -hmm. ranch was like about the athletes and it was for the athletes. Now it's not for the athletes. It's for the fans. Yeah. Right. Ultimately we're looking for people to watch this, (laughs) you know, Back when it was just a barbecue on Dave's ranch and it wasn't, it was only a few people that came to support their friends. It wasn't about the people that watched it. Now it's about making something watchable. So not having a bunch of painful heats to sit through that are boring. And even just sometimes those first few heats, you're watching athletes that are hobbling through and they're taped Mm -hmm. together and they shouldn't, they're done. They've had a good time and they're, you know, they've reached their, it doesn't look make the sport look good either. So. This year, the way the cuts were done, a million percent in favor. I think it was the right thing. Yeah, me too. So we were down to 20 athletes. We get to Sunday, last day, best day. Yeah. And that was like, all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, it's the last day of the CrossFit Games. Yeah. And I'd been on site since Sunday night or Monday. And all of a sudden, it's Sunday and it's the last day. Oh, my God. Yeah. Starts outside on the fields with the muscle-up, ring muscle-ups, and then the sandbag carry, toss it over the log. Hop your body over the log. Yeah, it was a fun one to watch. It was fun. It wasn't too hot out there. I was in the first few heats at the log. Just, there's not a lot of judging going on there. You're just like, yep, you're only, check. (laughs) Yeah, done. (laughs) The only thing would be if they threw a sandbag into someone else's lane. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure they go get it and bring it back into their lane. But otherwise, no issues. Just kind of stood there and went, good. Yep. Then, oh, I was about, I was in lane five and I was about to go out for the last event. And they were like, lane five just withdrew. I think that must've been Jamie Simmons because mm. it was muscle ups and it was Sunday morning and she'd hurt her elbow. So then kind of last minute they're like, Jocelyn, get in lane one on the rings. 
So then that was, I think you posted a video of me <laughs> counting muscle ups and yeah. finger counting encouraged <laughs> and allowed. <laughs> so also very simple because athletes at that level are rarely going to know rep a muscle up. Yeah. Every once in a while they miss a lockout, but not that often. They either are just going to miss the muscle up or mm-hmm. they're going to do it. So finger counting. Finger counting. Finger counting allowed. I, if you were following the games, probably what you saw, and I don't know if you noticed it happen at the time, but Roman yeah. who was dominantly leading had a hundred point lead going into the last day threw a sandbag over flipped himself over the log just happened to catch his foot as he went to land and he broke his foot yeah it was a funny not funny thing to tell so like on saturday he had that little bit of a slip up on the intervals workout where he missed he skipped a box and went straight to the rower well what originally happened was he got a no rep on a box jump and then he ended up having to do another one but was kind of confused about why and then just was like whatever and then just rushed right past the next box and got on the rower and started rowing and the judge was like no 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 so he ended up doing and then i think it rattled him you could tell he was like riding the struggle bus after that because you're so amped up and you're trying to go so fast that i think that rattled him but he had such a commanding lead that it was like fine you know yeah and i remember saying on saturday night i think he's still good like short of him you know fucking something up huge he's gonna win something bad happening and then sure enough Something bad happened. Something bad happened. <laughs> so I didn't see it. I couldn't see what was happening from my side because I was on the opposite end of the field. Yeah. So it was it was unfortunate. Yeah. I didn't even know what was going on until I was sitting in the Coliseum for the, the P-bar sled pull workout mm-hmm. and the last heat gets called out and he comes like limping out. And I was like, oh shit, something happened. What What's going on? Yeah. The other tough thing about being on site is the internet is very poor yeah it's so busy like you have no coverage whatsoever and the internet the free wi-fi keeps failing and the cell networks are so busy that it's just i I couldn't even look at the leaderboard half the time because the website just wouldn't load yeah so i knew nothing about what had happened Mm -hmm. and then when he came hobbling out you're like oh crap yeah bad happened so we went after the muscle up logs, we went back in the Coliseum and all the judges, all the athletes go on the Coliseum floor and they do the announcement. Mm-hmm. Dave Castro likes to do those things. I think they streamed it of the last two events and down there. And I'm like, is Roman on crutches? He had crutches with him. And then one of the medical staff happened to be right beside me. They're like, yeah, he broke his foot and ruptured a ligament or something. And they have, the medical team is amazing. They really do the best they can for the athletes. There's multiple medical stations. There's tons of medical staff on either side. They have a x-ray machine, an ultrasound machine on site. So they can immediately check on things. There's multiple like physicians and paramedics and everything. So within a few minutes of him coming off the field, they had already x-rayed and ultrasounded his foot and saw that he had broken a bone in his foot and ruptured a ligament. So I was like, oh no. So then when he came out, he had a lifter on the one foot and then he had a training shoe on the other one. And that was the par- the next event is the parallel bar sled pull. And I think that was the first time people saw, like you said, that Roman was injured. Yeah. And that was another, that was a moment. Yeah. I was on the sled pulls in the middle of the field and we just, one team rotates on, the next team rotates off in as the heats go on, on, off, on, off, on, off. So I wasn't on the field for that one. But that was, you could just hear, I was in the, in the tunnel underneath and you can just hear the crowd like going crazy. And we have the live feed in the back and they're panning around and people in the crowd are just crying (laughs) and everybody's tearing up. And there's definitely these heroic moments. Yeah. So he did one footed double unders 
And then everything else was fine. His P-bars, you don't need your foot. The, the sled pull was seated, which sort of worked out in his favor. Yeah. Obviously, he gets last place on that event, no matter what, because he did sets of 31-foot heavy rope double unders. But he actually kind of figured it out towards the end of the workout, yeah. getting better yeah. as he was going. So for him, like going into it, he was in first place. And then basically what would have happened is if he withdrew, he would have automatically gotten 20th place. Right. So even financially, you know, that is a huge difference in earnings. Many thousands of dollars. Yeah. And so, you know, for him to just withdraw when he, and that's why he said, he's like, if I can still do some stuff one legged, I'm going to do some stuff one legged. And it was a very emotional, I want to be a hero to my son. And the whole crowd was just like crying and, oh my God. And he was, when he was saying that, he was saying it in Russian. He has his translator, Rosa, that's with him. And he's, you see this big, tough Russian guy like, blubbering and yeah then she composes herself to translate and then yeah. everyone's just oh, like ever the whole the yeah. shared experience of that whole thing of everybody just like feeling the emotion of it all together is really yeah it's it's a hard thing to put into words until you're just in one of those things sharing the same moment with like thousands of people it's yeah pretty, pretty crazy and even in the shoot we were back there with chuck carswell who's the head judge along with Jason McDonald and Chuck's, oh, there's our moment. That's the moment. That's the moment of the CrossFit Games right there. Yeah. And you're like, yep. And that was the, as soon as that happened, it was like, well, he's going to be spirit of the games for sure. Yep, but that's the one right <laughs> like, there. That's just it. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, it was a tough ending because you like, it, it was a tough year going into it because there was already some people that weren't there that should have been there. Yeah. And then. Mostly on the women's side. Yeah. But what's his name? The Australian guy. Got oh. third last year. Oh, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky Gerard wrecked his shoulder in a mountain biking accident. Yeah, so he was already missing. And then you just hate to have it play out where it's like the guy that's in the mix that like may or may not win gets hurt. You know, like that's that's not how you want it to end. We were kind of watching on the feed and Adler was right there with Roman and cheering him through the last of the double unders. And we're like, that's going to be a weird moment because Adler is standing there watching himself win the CrossFit Games because Roman is injured. And I'm sure no competitor would want to win yeah. under those circumstances. You don't want to just be like, ha you got hurt. I'm going to beat you. Yeah. Absolutely not. There's nobody like that in the world of CrossFit. And yeah. I think I honestly was kind of team Adler from the start, actually before the games even started, he was my pick for who I thought was going to win. Mm-hmm. And then he was gaining on Roman and Roman yeah. had made some mistakes and yeah. Adler was looking pretty strong and pretty clean. And I was like, I think Adler's going to win this thing. Yeah. So aside from, but it sucks for him that there's always kind of this asterisk. Yeah. You know, Jeffrey Adler wins the CrossFit Games asterisk because Roman got hurt. It's, I think we all would have preferred for him to just for sure. do it legitimately. Hate to see that. So, yeah, going out of that one, obviously, he got last place. So he, like, lost a bunch of points. That's when Adler took over yeah. first place, which is, it's bittersweet as a Canadian, for sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're like, you don't want it to happen like that, but you're still super excited that now, basically after that workout, Adler had it in the bag. Yeah. So there's, like... Jeff Adler, Canadian, Pat Vellner, Canadian, Brent Fikowski, Canadian. They're all like right there in the top mm. four and then Roman. Yeah. So we go into the final workout. It's the echo bike thruster final with the overhead lunges. Yeah. I, I don't know this at all. I have nothing to base this on other than just the way they were behaving on the field, which anybody could have seen. But it's like, I feel like the three Canadian boys had kind of discussed a plan to mm-hmm. try anyway to have a Canadian sweep of the of the yep. podium because how freaking cool would that have been for sure from my viewpoint it looked like and I don't know if this was just like you know 
it was their strategy on making sure they didn't blow up or whatever. But that final workout is like a devastating workout, yeah. right? Like you come out too hot and yeah, so you blow up on those lunges, you're, you're done. But it very much looked like what they were trying to do was give Fakowski a chance to like do well and get some placings in between him and Roman. Or sorry, not Roman. It was about the other guys. Like how, how well Fakowski could do would be how many points he would get. And if yeah. he got enough points, he would have overtaken Roman into third place. Yeah. And so it looked like Adler and, and Belner were kind of like holding back a little bit. Again, that could have just been their strategy to make yeah. sure they didn't blow up. But then at one point, Fikowski was starting to blow up a little bit and he did kind of fail a lunge at the end and some other people passed him. And that's when all of a sudden Adler and Valner were like, Valner were like, hey, we're finishing and they, they finished and, and whatever. So again, this might just be, you know, conspiracy theory, but that's what it looked like. Yeah. But yes, it absolutely would have been very cool to have, you know, a sweep of the, of the podium for Canadians. But it was still very cool that even though Roman didn't finish the way he wanted to, he still did really well and he still got third and, yeah. you know, made some money and gets to stay in the country longer and all that kind yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah, that's the other thing that Roman's in the U.S. on an athlete visa. He lives, yeah. trains at Mayhem. If he is not an athlete, he has to go back to Russia. Yeah. So people were like, yeah, Roman's a little more hungry than the rest of them. And this isn't just about money for him. This is yeah. about like being able to live and keep his family in the U.S. So, yeah. Definitely different motivating factors. So all week we'd been, there's 40 judges. We're in teams of 10 with a team lead and you're just numbered off. And every time you, they do roll call, it starts with the guy. One, two, three, four, and I'm number seven. You just yell it out as you go. You're mostly just going out in the lanes in that order. They're like, line up one to 10 or 10 to one or whatever. For the final event, they reorganized. And because the finalists very important. You're in teams of two with a judge on the field and a spotter in the pit and one-to-one double counting, making sure everything's legit. And so the team, the judges are almost all HQ staff. They're almost all seminar staff, but a, a new thing they tried this year was bringing up a handful of previous volunteer judges that had put their time in their yeah. affiliate owners, their level three and four coaches. They've judged at the games for some of them between six and 10 years and they got brought up to a, a paid position and judge the individuals, which I think was super cool. Nice to see that recognition of, yeah. of all the, the free time, their free time that they've put into making the sport successful. So for all the people that are like, you can't just have a sport that's all volunteer judges. It's not. The judges yeah. for the individuals are paid positions. Yeah. But they reorganized the judges for the final event. And I don't know if it was just random or if they wanted to put HQ employees in those positions. But anyway, however it happened, I ended up in lane five. Yeah. Which is the... And lane five is the person in first place. <laughs> in any heat, they, lane five is first place, and then beside them is number two. The other side is number three, four, five, and it goes back and forth till the outside lanes are the lowest ranked people. Mm-hmm. So top ranked person's always in the middle. And I look at the board, and it's Jocelyn Riley, lane five, and my spotter's in the pit. I was like... <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and I get a message from you saying, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm in lane five. And so... I'm up in the stands watching and they always do the like first heat is the yeah. like 10 through 20. And then the second heat is the the winners yeah. and they do the first heat of women yeah. and you weren't on the floor or no, you were on the floor. And then I was like, okay. So, and then they like, all of a sudden they switched the weights. I'm like, no, they oh. did the first heat of men. Sorry. First heat of men. Oh yeah. First heat of men. And then they switched and did the first heat of women. Yeah. And I, I wasn't sure if they were going to finish the women and then go back to the men or if they were going to do the men and then the women again. Yeah. And I was like, you're either going to be judging Adler or you're going to be judging Laura. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh shit, that's there was intense. Two teams of judges and we were just rotating heats. Yeah. And so they always do the the two final heats back to back. So they don't want to finish with the women's final heat and then go back to the first heat of men and then the final heat of men. So yeah, I knew I was like, the way this is gonna play out, I'm either walking alongside Jeffrey Adler as he wins the CrossFit Games or Laura Horvath as yeah. she wins the CrossFit Games. <laughs> So it ended up being Laura Horvath. Yeah. And if you watch the live feed, you saw my mug in the middle <laughs> of the camera shot. I got a million messages and tags and yeah. things from people all over the place. People I taught level ones to and people I've met over the years. Like, I saw you on the live feed. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was. And so, you know, there's like this weird moment of you got to keep it together. And they, they always say to the judges, don't fuck this up. Yeah. Okay. Don't fuck this up. It's literally a simple workout. Yeah. I'm going to watch her bike some cows. I'm going to hold my hands up when there's five cows left. I'm going to signal to the scoring. And then I'm going to count to 21 and then 18 and then 15 on some thrusters. Laura's a good mover. She's not going to no rep anything. She's winning the CrossFit game. She's not going to ride the line or do anything bullshit or tricky. So I was like, okay, idiot. You just have to count to 21. Can you do that? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I just, it's weird when you're judging is that you're in the middle of the CrossFit games happening, but you have to block out that the CrossFit games is happening around you. And you just have to focus so narrowly on the one thing that you're supposed to do and not get distracted. Yeah. You can't look around. You can't lift your head up and look at where the other athletes are. It's none of your business. So you're just, I'm doing this thing and then this thing and then this thing, and then that's it. So it was very cool. You come out, watch her crush it and yeah. I'm right alongside her in the, you know, I was joking that I don't know if they put, I'm the smallest judge. I don't know if they put me in the center lane because it's the easiest for broadcast and media to just shoot directly over my head. <laughs> and I'm like the smallest one so that I'm the least in the way of the camera and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was, that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And there are moments that go in the history book of cool opportunities and things I got to be a part of thanks to CrossFit. And like walking alongside Laura Horvath while she wins the CrossFit games is like right yeah. up there. It's pretty freaking awesome. And it's a funny thing to be out there on the field with the athletes. And it's, I don't have one speck of a desire to be the athletes. Like yeah. there's no part of me that's, oh, I wish that was me. I wish I could make the CrossFit games. I wish not even a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, thank God this is not me. But so I have no desire to, to be the center of attention and be the one getting the recognition whatsoever, but it's so cool. It's such a neatly fulfilling feeling to be like, I had a little part in that, yeah. you know, like I had a little part of making that happen for her. Yeah. You know, and just, I think that's the theme of the whole weekend is you're like, it's mostly volunteers. There's 600 and something volunteers mm -hmm. and they get over 2000 applications to volunteer. So, and you're like, why on earth would anyone want to do this? Yeah. Especially the gear team. You're going like, <laughs> to travel at your own expense, stay at your own expense, work your fucking ass off all weekend, get bossed around, get yelled at, you know, you're inside, you're in the tunnel, you're barely even getting to watch the CrossFit games. Like you're yeah. giving up a week of your summer. Like why would, and, and, oh, we're also not going to pay you. You'll get some snacks. Like, <laughs> if this was a job posting, you're going to work 18 hours a day for free. We're going to pay you in snacks and you're going to pay to get here and you're going <laughs> to work your butt off the whole time. You'd be like, well, that sounds like the worst job on earth. Yeah. And yet people love it. Oh yeah. We all love it. And you come back year after year and you're like, why, what? And I kept thinking like, why do we all love this so much? You know, cause at, on paper it sounds ridiculous, but you're like, there's just something so cool mm -hmm. about seeing so many people work so hard together yeah. to pull off a big thing. Sure. So they say big team, little me. Yeah. You know, and you're like, I had a part of that. I yeah. had a part of making that happen. I made sure that sign was where it needed to be. I made sure those reps were legit. 
when they needed to be in the scoring team. I made sure those numbers are right on the board and just everything that goes into it, you know, that everybody is, has their little piece of it. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I think I'm on the live feed cause I got tagged <laughs> in a few photos of, she has to sign the scorecard at the end. So yeah, got her to sign and then she knucked me, knucks the champ. Yeah. It was pretty wild. I was up in the stands, like trying to like video and take pictures and whatever. And, and your seat was like directly up from that yeah. lane. I could see you straight ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, cause I have to be composed and keep it together <laughs> and not, not be a meme. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, after everything was all done, I got out into the parking lot with you and I was like, Oh my God, did that just happen? I was like, <laughs> then I was like, let myself fangirl. I was like, Duh, I got to next Laura Horvath when she won the CrossFit game. Yeah. So, so cool. so. It was funny. Cause when they're, you know, when Adler had won and, He's like making his like very sweet speech or whatever oh, about yeah. his like fiance and how like she got her dream and everything today because that was their goal was for him to to win. She's his coach. And stuff yeah. Like and I was just like, I'm like super emotional up in the stands because like for what a decade you've had a, a you've always wanted to judge at the CrossFit Games. It was very emotional to get to see you achieve that, you know. <laughs> It was very like rewarding to even just be up and watch and see, you know, and it's, it's, it's definitely something special, you know, there's something about the whole vibe of it. That's just like crazy, you know? Yeah. It's wild. And it's, there are things you can probably see better on the live feed and the commentating is better yeah. and stuff, but then there's, ah, oh, there's something that's intangible and hard to put into words that happens from yeah. being there and being on site and stuff for yeah. sure. I, yeah, I would say as a spectator, it's a, it's a super fun experience. And I've done it a lot. You know, I've been to the CrossFit Games a lot. And in some ways, it's better to watch it on the live feed because you get to hear Sean Woodland and Tommy Marquez, and they do a much better job of announcing things. And, you know, you get a better view and a better angle of a lot of things. But the cool thing that you miss out on is the vibe of the crowd, right? Yeah you get to see the things that aren't on camera, right? If a judge is fighting or if an athlete is fighting with a judge or somebody's fucking something up, you get to see that as well. They don't show that on the camera. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's, there's something magical about the, those little moments, you know, and just being there and the energy and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a cool experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to put into words. Yeah. Sure. I think, you know, all around this year, they had kind of said, that this year they were going to try to, what did they say, send things straight down the pipe, right? They were yeah. trying to like not do anything overly complicated or overly tricky or anything like that so that the judging was just like easy and, you know, people wouldn't have to worry about bitching about a lot of stuff. Less opportunities for controversy. Yeah. Certainly from a judging perspective, they set up the workouts and they made the standards in a way that we're not going to no rep someone for like, your hand was at a 30 degree angle when it should have been a 50 degree yeah. bullshit like that. It's like, we just want to see the fittest people be fit and yeah. have their capacity. So uh, yeah, way less controversial moments, I think. Yeah. Less controversy. I think that like, they were all really good tests, yeah. right? They weren't all the most exciting events we've ever had. You know, some of them I didn't even go and watch because it's like, I don't need to watch a 5k run. That's not exciting, yeah. but it's a good test. It's the number one most commonly programmed workout on .com is a 5k run. Yeah. So I think that as far as like the programming goes, it was all good stuff. You know, it was good tests and the people that should have won won and they found the fittest person in the world. And yeah. it wasn't like the most exciting CrossFit Games events ever, but I think it was it was still just really well done, and the level of professionalism was was very high, and you could tell they were like really just trying to put effort into making it a professional event. 
I think there had been plans for an offsite event. They had let the age group athletes know to practice stand up paddleboarding. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think that's a thing. And there and was then, a vendor there that was selling paddleboards. Yeah. Not selling, but had paddleboards that you could check out. And I was like, why the hell are these people here? Yeah. And then there was a rumor afterwards that they had been told be be ready to paddleboard. Yeah. That didn't end up happening. Yeah. And I think it was it was good in the we're going to try to make this go well and we're not going to try to stretch our limits beyond yeah. points where they cause problems. When you move a whole team and all the athletes and equipment and things to an offsite event, it's hard on the team. Yeah. Last year was the pool event. And there were some at the and Alliance the Center. Yeah. And the pool and the capital. And it's like, th- there's humans that need to make that happen. And there's a lot of things, media and scoring and judges and athletes and stuff that go into making that happen, which just the more you stretch yourself, the more opportunity there is for things to go wrong. So yeah. I think they made a, there was no water event this year, yep. which there was the first time in a long time. So I think a lot of people were like, Hey, what the heck? <laughs> but I think in the end, it's probably the right decision in terms of delivering a, a well-executed product that people yeah. want to watch. So, yeah. And so now we finish and now next year, who knows what'll happen. Yeah, right? like not in Madison. Last year in Madison. So we have no idea when they'll announce when the, the new venue is, but we're excited to see yeah. it. Things were different this year from like sponsor perspective and all that kind of stuff. So I did go back to the expo center where the volunteer HQ base camp is to see if I could swipe leftover t-shirts and I could not. I got zero. I even got shut down when I asked the lady if I could have one and she's no. Yeah. They're for the volunteers only. No. So anyway, unfortunately, I came home with zero extra jet shirts. But We got um, ski ergs for everybody. We got some ski ergs. And I do have a lot of extra stuff that I've accumulated that as my fundraiser for the Remyelinators, Tracy's MS bike team, I will do like a silent auction of, I have tons of noble shoes and bags and things and stuff in my closet that probably still has tags on it that I've never even worn. And I will use that as my raising money thing. So, but we'll talk about that later. So CrossFit Games is over. Now it's party time. Yeah. So get the invite to the after party last year. If you remember the story, David had just the right number of beers to (laughs) bro hug the champ as he walked into the party who just interrupted him. I was the The, first one, the first one to hug Medeiros with his little entourage. And he was into it. Medeiros was not weirded out by it. He was like, yeah, man, thanks. So anyway, did not bro hug any champs. Neither of the champs were, I didn't see them. No Adler or Laura Horvath. You know who we haven't given a shout out to is Emma Lawson, mm. the other, the Canadian female. I didn't get to judge her at, at any point. I wasn't close to her, but yeah. frick, she just graduated high school. Yeah. Just graduated high school. I she's lo- an animal. I love so Emma cool. because she, even though she's very good and clearly like in the runnings, in the mix, you yeah. know, she was in the lead for a she long time. Second. She's still just, I'm just so happy to be here and so excited yeah. to compete on this stage. And it's like, she still has that like positive mentality you know where you can tell she's just enjoying herself you know yeah. i really love that about her whereas a lot of other people are very like game faced and so i have to win and i'm here to win the crossfit games and you know that yeah. kind of stuff and then ariel lowen got third i also didn't have her in any of my lanes it wasn't close to any of her action mm-hmm. uh, but she's a mom she has a kid yeah and they kept calling annie thor's daughter the fittest mom and i was like excuse me like <laughs> the girl in third place on the podium has a kid and annie yeah. got whatever middle of the pack yeah kudos to her she's a a legacy in her own right. But I was like, hey, what about, what about Ariel over here is not getting enough attention. Yeah. So yeah, she's cool too. Canada had a good year. Canada had a great year. Yeah. Go Canada. So it ended up with 
Adler in first, Valner in second, and then Fikowski in fourth. Yeah. And then Emma Lawson in second on the women's side. So that's pretty freaking cool. Yeah, that's okay. awesome. So we did go to the after party. It's kind of a neat... I had this moment of CrossFit is is a big deal, but it's still kind of a small deal. Yeah. Because the event ends and you go to the after party and it's all the athletes and judges and vendors and everybody's just hanging out yeah. after. And people are like famous, but not so famous that they need security. Yeah. Like you can't get close to them. You said hi to Pat Vellner. Yeah. You know, even shook at, his hand. We had a little chat with him. Even at one point in the Coliseum, I was sitting just a few rows up from Annie Thor's daughter's family and their her daughter was there. And at one point she finishes a workout and she like walks into the stands and walks up the stairs and then goes and says hi to her daughter. And yeah. I was like, you can't do that at a football game. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get mauled. So yeah. It's LeBron a, James doesn't just wander into the stands. It's a weird thing where people are like, you know, they're asking for autographs and photos and stuff, but the CrossFitters are, are all mostly like humble enough that they're like, it's not that big of a deal and you don't need security and nobody's getting harassed or mauled or anything. So yeah. yeah, the after party was cool. You know, it was it was mostly just, it's always nice to meet more of like your kind of coworkers, the level ones or the seminar staff that like we don't really get to meet being up in Canada because they're all just really cool people. You know, they're all they just are. really fun, cool, hilarious guys and girls. But then, yeah, it's cool to, to be able to like just hang out with the people that you, you were just watching, you know, yeah. on the floor. So yeah, we, you know, we talked to Velna really quick and bunch i don't know there's a bunch of them there yeah like, lots of madero's was, madero's there. was there brooke wells was Fikowski. there with sydney Fikowski was there um, nick matthews came up and said hi because i had met him and yeah i went dropped into his class in minneapolis a little while ago so yeah daniel brandon katrin was there yeah. there's just like you know it's just a whole bunch of them and it's this weird sort of you don't go and bother them they're there to have fun and relax and whatever yeah. and you know everybody's just cool but you can say hi or say congratulations and they're like oh thanks you know they're there to socialize if they wanted to not do that they would go to sleep in their hotel yeah you know so yeah yeah, it is it's kind of neat to still see it's so big but it's still it's still so small and there's still that like tight-knit community kind of thing and that sense i think too of hey we all just pulled this thing off yeah it's not adversarial between the the referees the judges and the athletes it's like we're all at the same party afterwards be like hey high five man yeah we all made it happen you know we got the right people on the podium and you guys did the work and we validated it and the vendors made it happen and you know it's all that coming together kind of thing i will say i always have these like warm fuzzies about the way the crossfit community regards female athletes Mm -hmm. one of my like stealing the energy from the room kind of moments was during the women's Oli total. And I wasn't judging anything in that moment. You got four and a half minutes stress. And just hearing the entire Coliseum of people screaming their heads off and being excited to watch women lift the heaviest thing they can. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. CrossFit is what this is all about. And I was like, fuck the five pound dumbbells. (laughs) That whole shit that girls grow up with, like women shouldn't lift more than the five pound weights. And that, not only can these girls do that, but that the community is hell yes. Yeah. When the women come out there to do the Oli total, it's not, oh, I'm just going to go get a beer and a snack. I'll come back when the boys are lifting. This is dumb. It's. I think maybe the crowd was more into it with the women lifting than the men. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. So that was really like a, you know, stealing all the energy and just vibrating on how cool that was and yeah. I was saying today that I'm pretty sure I saw the male athletes cry as much as the female <laughs> athletes this week so we can also be done with being like women are so emotional yeah everybody was having their times of being overwhelmed or yeah. you'd see the male athletes like 
Roman blubbering, talking about his son and his family. And, you know, I think it goes yeah. in both directions. So it's cool to see them be super strong. It's cool to see them be super vulnerable. Yeah. You know, you really go through this emotional roller coaster with all of them. And when you're there, you get yeah. to ride along on that energy as a fan or yeah. as a volunteer. Yeah, it's very cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Then we drove home. Yep. Monday morning, we woke up and Hit the road. Monday didn't Tuesday. get a lot of sleep. We were actually out really late at this <laughs> after party. We were yep. like, holy shit, we stayed up till two in the morning. What the hell? Go us. Yeah. So absolutely nothing eventful to report on the drive home. Just uh, yeah. kind of tired and quiet. And, you know, we talked about rehashing lots of the game stuff and yeah. those experiences and everything. Well, yeah, kind of nice to have a couple of days of just really chill and really peaceful mm-hmm. before we made it home. And yeah, made it across the border with our skiers and yeah. made it harassed and <laughs> yeah. that was all good. <laughs> Try to explain to the border agent. She was like, cause we have a lot of stuff in the back and we told, we brought a microwave and uh, tons of crap back there. And yeah. she's rolled down the window and she's like, what is that stuff? Is that a food dehydrator? <laughs> no, it's a microwave. We're like, well, we like to eat really healthy and we were just in a hotel for 10 days. <laughs> she was like, listen, you weirdos, just go. <laughs> she's, she's like, did you guys, you know, are you over the limit or whatever on spending? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, I think we're under the limit. She's like, what did you buy? I'm like, well, we bought a few shirts and some used fitness equipment. She's like, what kind of fitness equipment? I'm like a skier. And she looks at me like I'm a crazy yeah, person. Yeah. She, I'm like, you know, like cross country skiing sort of like, thing. She's like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Just, <laughs> just take go. your cooler and your microwave and get out of here. <laughs> Definitely put the miles on and yeah. saw lots of cornfields and wheat fields and sunflower and yeah. made it home. No crashes, no speeding tickets. Yeah. Everything was good. The drive was good. Yeah. So we're happy to be home, Glad energized, be charged up. Definitely. Yep. I just leave those things being like, oh, I love CrossFit. I will die for CrossFit. <laughs> I will do this till I die or whatever. You know, you're just like, ah, come away from it being all yeah. just full of, full of happy feelings. Yeah. It's exciting for sure. Yeah. Wait and see what happens with next year. Yeah, big question mark where we're going or what's happening next year. We'll see. Cool. All right, thanks for listening. See you guys. See you in the next one.